Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to talk about plates, not the plates that you eat off of, but the plates that are attached to your hopefully coming, maybe not, PlayStation 5 in the very near future. Now on your screen before you, you see an IGN article from a little while ago that is actually outdated as of the story we're going to talk about in this video that is entitled PS5. Third-party company already selling custom faceplates. These faceplates are not affiliated with Sony. Now, if you're in the legal field or if you're just familiar with intellectual property issues, you probably should have had some alarm bells, some red flags go off just from that headline and subheading because, as you probably know, there's a difference between manufacturing something that is identical to something that somebody else makes in terms of the, the sweeping design of the PlayStation 5 and the PlayStation 5 big giant white fins on either side of the unit and otherwise customizing those fins, those plates by adding something to them or subtracting something from them. And that is an issue that we will see writ large for this particular third-party company and its winding road through intellectual property law. Now, where did this company come from? It apparently came from a video that was put up just a little while ago from Sony that showed the teardown, the breakdown of a PlayStation 5 unit and highlighted the fact that these big white fins on the sides of the box could be taken off and that they would be taken off if you were to work on the insides of the PlayStation 5 at all. Seeing that, this company looked at it and said, hey, we are going to make a business model around customizing the way that thing looks because a lot of people don't like how it looks, this giant unit with these big white fins. So they said, hey, we're going to offer the ability to make it all black or all red or all blue or make it have stardust and a galaxy picture on it. And if you like that, you can buy those new plates from us. We're going to manufacture them with really good plastic, and then we're going to sell them to you. Now, as you might imagine, that raised some eyebrows around some places, not the least of which because it's now called Customize My Plates, but it used to be called PlateStation5.com. And they changed it, per their Twitter from a couple days ago, to respect trademark and copyright claims. So again, here's the second place where if you're just following this on your own, we haven't covered it yet in virtual legality, you're wondering if this thing is legit, this should have alerted you to the fact that this company in particular isn't really thinking through the intellectual property issues of this particular business model. And indeed, that came to fruition yesterday when, as we can see in VGC, in their headline, PS5 faceplate seller is now canceling all orders following legal action from Sony. We are extremely disappointed about this, but we have no other option. Now, before I dive into the details here, I did want to give a hat tip to Icon Master at Icon Master on Twitter, who said, help us out, Hogue, in a reference to the piece, the segment that I used to do on Easy Allies when they would ask me for email answers to various legal questions in the video game space. How far might a PS5 design, question mark, patent extend? Could Sony prevent the legal sale of all replacement plates or only those that too closely resemble Sony's own? And thank you very much for the question, Icon Master. That being said, I have to give a disclaimer of my own right now. I am not a patent attorney. If you haven't hired an attorney before, if you haven't talked to legal counsel before, you should be aware of the fact that the legal profession is separated into many different specialities. I know I've talked in this space about the fact that I'm not a litigator, that I do transactional law. I grew up doing mergers and acquisitions and venture capital, business transactions, entrepreneurial pursuits, and the like. But patents and copyright and trademark and intellectual property in general is often kind of a very specific, very very 
isolated group of lawyers that do only this one thing. They deal with the USPTO, the Patent and Trademark Office. They deal with registering copyrights and they deal with it to the exclusion of all other things that are happening in the law. So with that being a no, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the law. We're going to look at the statutes. We're going to talk about these various things and what Sony might be protecting, what they might not be protecting, all on the understanding that like any other person, not just a lawyer in the world, we have to go and talk to those people and look at the thoughts of those people that have expertise in that particular area. And I pulled up some articles from some very prominent lawyers and law firms that talk through this issue so that we can have the discussion in a better way here in virtual legality. Now, with that as the background, let's take a look at what is happening here. A peripheral company selling custom PS5 faceplates has been forced to cancel all its orders and pull the products from sale following reported legal action from Sony. PlateStation5.com had already been forced to rebrand to CustomizeMyPlates.com following a complaint from Sony earlier this week, but now the seller claims that subsequent threats to go to court over the custom faceplates have forced it to stop selling the product entirely. And here we have some quotes. Before we launched, we did our due diligence and were of the opinion that because Sony only had pending patents on the faceplates, there would be no problem. Now, if this particular note was made public before this article and before all of this happened, this would be the third indication of a red flag. First of all, you don't see reference to an opinion of their counsel, which when dealing with intellectual property issues, if I had my own intellectual property issues, I'd be seeking independent counsel that regularly deals with intellectual property questions of this type, that they don't reference counsel. It's only of their opinion that things are fine. And what reason do they have to give that things are fine? It's because Sony only has patents that are presently pending and haven't yet been issued. Now, if a big, giant, multinational company goes through the process of actually going and applying for patents, as any one of these companies would do with a new piece of hardware like the PlayStation 5, or if you're Microsoft, like the Xbox Series X or Series S, then you can bet that they intend to protect that piece of intellectual property to the greatest extent that they are capable. And just because the patent is pending doesn't end the kind of question, right? And you could talk to any number of lawyers about this kind of thing, but you can see that I've pulled up a question and answer from ocpatentlawyer.com that says, are competitors liable for patent pending infringement? And the answer is no, competitors are not liable for patent infringement if the application is merely pending, but one, you probably have noticed that a patent is intended to be issued, and here we have no reason to believe that it won't be, and we'll talk about the patent laws here a little bit more as this video progresses, but also if they do things right and they publish that this patent is pending and they tell people that it exists and they issue cease and desist letters and notices to the various parties that could otherwise infringe their patent when it issues, they can go back in time to when they actually applied for the patent, when they published that application, and go and seek damages, right? That there is this notion of something called a provisional patent. It says when it gets published, when we give notice of it, then you could be liable from the date that the patent application was published, not just when it issued. And so, yeah, if you're dealing with a company like Sony on the other side, you really have to make sure your ducks are entirely in a row. And it doesn't appear that this company did it to begin with, doesn't appear that that company is doing it right now, and that they're learning about intellectual property as taught by the general counsel of Sony Interactive Entertainment or whoever else is sending these letters. After only a day of our website being live, Sony's lawyers asked us to change our name. At the time, Plate Station 5, 
due to trademark infringements. Now, here's where we give a little primer. If you haven't been to virtual legality before, trademarks are just names and logos and things along those lines that are designed to show who is selling a product. So when we think of names, that's trademark. When we think of fins, that's probably something different, although we're also going to talk about that as well, because we're not going to get a lot of detail for what Sony's actual claim against customize my plates is here. But there is a lack of distinction. Trademark is generally not what we think of when we think of plates. That's usually going to be patents of some kind. Patents being the intellectual property protection for inventions, making something new. Now, as we will see as part of this video, there are ways in which you can try to protect things like fins on the side of a black box with trademark, with trade dress, with maybe even copyright, but mostly it's going to be design patent protection. We thought the switch in our name would be enough to keep everyone happy. And honestly, we're hoping so since we were already underway with our product development. You always got to watch that when you're starting up a new business. But then Sony lawyers told us it was their opinion that Sony's intellectual property extended to the faceplates and that if we continued to sell and distribute them in any country, we would end up in court. The company added, they all came to light yesterday and we are now canceling and refunding all faceplate orders worldwide. We are extremely disappointed about this, but we have no other option. And the firm said that moving forward, it would be wiser on trademark and patent laws and focus on offering legal console skins and other products. And we will see that in just a second as well, right? So what we got from this quote from this company is that Sony's lawyers told them that their intellectual property, which is just an umbrella term for everything, trademarks, trade secrets, copyright, patents, and anything else extended to the faceplates. And maybe they didn't give them additional details because maybe they weren't having this call with their own counsel. But without those details, we have to kind of take certain guesses as to what we're even talking about here. The most likely thing, as you saw in the tweet that I got, gave the hat tip to Icon Master for, is a design patent, right? If we go and we look at 35 USC 171, we see patents for design. Whoever invents any new original and ornamental design for an article of manufacture may obtain a patent therefore. So you can go and you can get a patent for things that aren't useful. You can get a patent for not just the way your hardware operates, how it plays video games, but these giant white fins on the side of the box. We call that a design patent rather than a utility patent. And now we turn to some folks that have more experience in this than Hogue Law. Design patents, a growing trend in the hardware space from White & Case, a very prominent law firm, handles a lot of these things. We are in 2019. False, but it's a little bit of an older article. Aesthetics matter. Products that look good sell better. Hardware companies are investing increasing amounts of resources into design teams that create sleek and modern products that allow customers to feel like they own the technology of the future. A portfolio of design patents adds both a sword and a shield to a company's arsenal. Understand, they're selling patent services, right, from a legal perspective. This is a bit of a sales pitch. Allowing greater protection for investment into product design than other traditional options, such as copyright and trademark, could afford a loan. At the same time, the legal landscape surrounding design patents is in flux since Apple versus Samsung in 2016. We're going to take a look at that. That doesn't really touch specifically on the issue at play here, but it is very interesting, and I think it's worthwhile to know if you're interested in these kinds of questions. The U.S. Supreme Court's decision did not merely push design patents to the forefront of academics' attention. It sparked a legal regime shift. And again, we'll talk about why that is in a little bit. To back that up, this White and Case article shows that design patents are up 
year over year, really starting in 2016, you see a big uptick in the number uh, and, and breadth of what's being put forth here. But in order to answer the question about what Sony can protect under a design patent, we kind of have to understand a little bit more about patent law. So we see design patents are, at the end of the day, still patents. And thus, applicants must meet the same novelty and non-obviousness requirements as the familiar utility patent, but with slightly different standards. A proposed design is not anticipated by a prior art design, i.e. it is novel, if an ordinary observer would take the new design as different, rather than a modified version of an already existing design. So this is one of the reasons why you see a box in the PlayStation 5 that is significantly different from the one in the PlayStation 4. This isn't like the PlayStation 4 Pro, which is just essentially a, a double stack hamburger over the original PlayStation 4's hamburger. This is something completely different from the PlayStation 4, and so it is probably patentable. On the novelty question, of course, you would want to consult with actual patent counsel on those types of questions if you were in the business of protecting the PlayStation 5. Next, you have to say that it's non-obvious. If an ordinary designer in the field would not have thought to combine existing designs or features of existing designs, the proposed design is non-obvious. There is nothing in the history of Sony or PlayStation or anything else that would suggest that the PlayStation 5 was going to have giant white fins. Right, if you go back to the quote-unquote leaked PlayStation 5 designs, you look at some of the dev documents and things that were out in January of this year or even late last year, you don't see one that looks like what the PlayStation 5 ultimately wound up looking like, right? Now, they also note that if you change it, it might still make sense to go get a patent because that change will no longer be covered by your prior patents, right? The PlayStation 4 Pro might have been covered, I can't say for certain, this isn't my area of law, under the PlayStation 4 original design kind of patent or patent concept, but this one is so wildly different that if you want to protect this whole concept, you're going to have to have a separate patent on the PlayStation 5 and maybe even the fins themselves. If the incremental design change is significant enough that it satisfies both patentability requirements, a new design patent is merited. It might be merited. Again, White and Case here is trying to sell patent services and more power to them. A product design infringes a design patent if, under the ordinary observer test, the same test used to evaluate novelty, an ordinary observer would think that the product design is identical to the patented design or is a slightly modified version of the patented design. So again, we're, we're thinking about customize my plates, right? We're thinking about plate station five. When they manufacture one of these plates outside of the pure coloration of the plates and you set it down next to the plates that are directly from the PlayStation 5, are they going to look like they are the same? And if they do, then you've got a problem that you're potentially infringing on that design patent. Now, then we get into the Samsung case, right? It was assumed for a long time that an article of manufacture, an AOM, is an entire product in which any individual part of the product infringes a design patent. This is what really kind of spurred on a lot of design patent activity, according to these various articles and sources. In fact, this issue was the crux of Apple versus Samsung. Apple asserted design patents covering, among other things, the shape of the front of the phone and the grid of 16 colorful icons on a black screen, and then claimed that because Samsung's phones employed those design aspects, the entire Samsung phone was infringing as an article of manufacture. Samsung countered that because only parts of its phones infringed, or, or more likely potentially infringed, on Apple's design patents, only the infringing portions were the articles of manufacture. Said another way, that the screen is what was infringing, not the phone. The U.S. Supreme Court sided with Samsung. As you can imagine, when that happens, when you have this interpretation 
of this rule, which is the article of manufacturer kind of concept, right? You go and you look at damages for design patents and it says whoever during the term of a patent for a design applies the patented design or any colorable imitation thereof to any article of manufacture or sells or exposes for sale any article of manufacture to which such design or colorable imitation has been applied, then you're going to be liable for all these things. So the definition of article of manufacture is very important. And Samsung was trying to say, hey, we might owe Apple some money because we're infringing on these various patented elements, but not all of our profits from selling the phone, only a portion thereof, which as you see in this article says, hey, that sparked a legal regime change because if you're a patent attorney, now you have to think about exactly what you are going to say is the article of manufacture. What are you going to cover? Are you going to cover each individual component separately? Does does Sony have a patent for the fins and a patent for the central box and a patent for something else? Or do they patent the PlayStation 5 as some kind of piece of hardware and then if you infringe on any given part, you're only going to get certain protection under Apple versus Samsung. I don't know the answer to this question. I don't know what patents Sony has applied for with respect to the PlayStation 5 in particular, but certainly by the time you get to customize my plates, their lawyers are telling them, hey, we filed for a patent for this thing, and now we think we are protected. Maybe. There are other ways to protect these kinds of concepts, right? So if we go and we go and look uh, at articles about these kinds of concepts, and this is from Foley and Lardner, again, another large law firm that talks about these kinds of issues uh, generally, beyond trademarks to a broader arsenal of intellectual property tools. And this is just how you name uh, legal articles, right? One of the concepts is trade dress. Like a trademark, trade dress identifies a single source for a product or line of products. The most traditional forms of trade dress are labels and package designs, but other source identifying elements, including product designs, can be protectable. So if you know, the silhouette of the PlayStation 5, if you just see that and you say, hey, I know that comes from Sony, if that is in in of itself protectable, then that might offer some protection to Sony. And they don't necessarily have to identify that as the intellectual property they're relying upon if they're just in a phone call or a letter exchange with customize my plates and saying, look, our intellectual property covers this, cease and desist. In addition, trade dress cannot be functional. A design feature is functional if it is essential to the use or purpose of the product, if it impacts the cost or quality of the product, or if it is necessary for competitors to also use the feature at issue. Now, that's an interesting concept in and of itself, right? One of the things that popped out to me and I think to others when we were looking at the PlayStation 5 is what are those fins even doing? Are they helping with cooling? Are they doing anything to actually help the PlayStation 5? The answer to that might well be no, that they were designed to make it more cool looking to be entirely aesthetic, to potentially in the future wind up with some trade dress protection for what the PlayStation 5 is. Now, there are certain rules around trade dress. It has to have a secondary meaning. That means in order to receive trade dress protection, a product design must have been in use for sufficient time to have become well-established in the public perception. You see some legal cases that address this and whether or not it is actually having that secondary meaning is an open question. And like everything else we ever talk about in respect of intellectual property law, the question becomes, well, it's all based on facts and circumstances and a given court is going to decide one thing and maybe the next court or the court of appeals is going to decide something else. And we're all going to base it on a balancing test, right? Association of the trade dress with a particular source, source, length, degree, and exclusivity of use, amount and manner of advertising, sales to customers, intentional copying, media coverage, All of these could arrive with some level of trade dress protection that you can go and seek for your 
giant white fins. Then this particular article gets to design patents. We talk a little bit about Apple and Samsung, as we talked about before. And then we get to, hey, design patent and trade dress protection can coexist, and manufacturers should consider filing for both design patent and trade dress registrations if a product design qualifies under both standards. Because design patent protection does not require proof of secondary meaning, like we just talked about with trade dress, a well-timed design patent application can offer protection around the time a new product launches, right? So when you are Sony, or if you build your own company and you're selling your own video game hardware 10 years down the line, if you go and you seek one of these patents, you could potentially protect the way your actual manufactured plastic looks, and then you can send a cease and desist letter to the folks that are trying to bank on the notion that maybe nobody likes your white fins, or maybe at least a lot of people don't. As I mentioned earlier in the video, you also potentially have a copyright concept, right? The Supreme Court has held that an artistic feature of the design of a useful article, such as clothing, is eligible for copyright protection if the feature can be perceived as a work of art separate from the useful article and would qualify as a pictorial, graphic, or sculptural work eligible for protection if imagined separately from the useful article. Now, we can't quite imagine the fins entirely separate from the actual functioning PlayStation 5 box, but if we kind of squint and look at it in certain ways, maybe you could go and you could say, well, the PlayStation 5 standing up is a sculpture of itself and is deserving of copyright protection. I wouldn't want to press any of these claims, but they do exist and Sony could potentially bring them against a company like Customize My Plates, which brings us back to this right? We've got Customize My Plates. We've got a website. We've got them currently right now. You can go to this, CustomizeByPlates.com, selling different colors, different variations of PlayStation. How are they doing it? Well, as we saw in the previous article, as we see again in IGN now updating its stories, it will sell vinyl console skins instead. So if you go and you actually click on one of these things, you see Skins included, left plate, right plate, middle, simply peel vinyl and apply. So they're going to be making vinyl sticker sheets that you can put on the PlayStation 5 yourself. And in all likelihood, that is more protective. That is less likely to be an infringement of Sony's patents, Sony's trade dress, Sony's copyright, whatever they might have defending the intellectual property of their PlayStation 5 because they don't have a patent. They can't prevent the creation of stickers in a specific shape. Now, could they really come after these guys for using the PS5 name, for highlighting that it is for this purpose and potentially trading on their trademarks? If they really wanted this company to die, then sure. They could threaten a lawsuit and probably, based on what we have seen historically from this company, them having to change their name, have to deal with these things, not really know what it means to have a patent pending and how a multinational corporation can use that against you. Sure, Sony could. But in general, it probably doesn't make a lot of sense for Sony to do that. Sony can make people's lives difficult, which is one of the reasons why my answer to the question that I gave the hat tip to was, well, they can threaten whatever they like, which may be more important than the full legal question. One of the reasons why that answer existed is because Sony's a big company. Sony can go and threaten people. Sony can issue DMCA takedown notices, regardless of the text of the DMCA. As we've talked about in this space, they have a large chip stack. They are well-resourced. And they can go and make your life difficult if you run afoul of them. Now, in this particular instance, I think this company didn't do much of what they characterized as their own due diligence. I feel very sorry for the people that purchased these plates that may have a refund pending, may not get their refund, don't know what the status of that is. I hope everybody gets their money back and maybe buys stickers for their PlayStation 5. 
But at the end of the day, what I can always recommend to people, even though we don't give official legal advice on specific topics here in this space, is that if you're dealing with anything related to the intellectual property of a large company, go find an intellectual property counsel. Most of these folks are going to give you a talk for 15 minutes or 10 minutes and say, hey, you'd make a good client or wow, that is crazy. Don't do that. No, 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 no. That can be official legal advice on the phone with intellectual property counsel. But for now, what we're left with is a company that got sued, that is no longer selling faceplates, that is going to try to sell stickers. And maybe that's going to be okay. Maybe it's not. But as we head into launch week, expect more enterprising kind of concepts and people trying to bank on the way these things are sold. And we'll see exactly how that works at the end of the day. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoyed this video, please like, subscribe, share, tell folks that we're here. We love having these conversations and certainly heading into launch week for these councils, we would expect to have some pretty fun stories about both the Microsoft and Sony side of things. We'll see how it goes. Otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.